Hey there, Longhorn fans. Welcome to another edition of the Recruiting Breakdown brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional, Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas ex with more than 20 years in the industry doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today to give him the opportunity to earn your business. I am Trey Elling, joined as always by my good friend and uh, one of the top guys at Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com. It is Justin Wells. What's up, Justin? How are we doing this week? Brother, I am doing splendid. I'm not sure if you saw the um, the playoff game last night between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but, buddy, I'm on high right now. So there, uh, there's no shaking this stick. Yeah, you, day, brother. you should feel pretty good. And we get a, uh, a throwback to the uh, 1990s playoffs of the Cowboys visiting the 49ers next week, and I think everybody is excited about that game. And not to uh, go too deep into this, but I always hate – because I am not a Cowboys fan. Even though I grew up in the DFW area, I was around way too many Cowboys fans who swore the team off as soon as Jerry Jones bought the team and fired yeah. Tom Landry and said they'd never root for the team again. I was also an Oilers fan at that time, too. Uh, those kind of run-and-shoot teams from the late 80s and early 1990s that I just could not jump back on the bandwagon with everybody else when they started winning Super Bowls. So I always hate when I have to be the voice of reason for Cowboys fans who everybody was jumping off of a building after that last game of the regular season that lost to the Washington Redskins, excuse me, Washington commies now. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh. look, oh. well, while they, while they may have had a chance in that moment to win the division title, ultimately that game didn't mean a whole lot. And that sort of thing can serve as a nice wake up call to an organization too. And sure enough, Dak Prescott looked as sharp as he may have uh, looked all season going back a couple years now in his dismantling of that Tampa Bay defense. I said on the air last week, I said, look, the coming off this Washington loss might be the best thing for them. Yep. And it sounded crazy, but if you've watched the NFL long enough, teams that get their, their butts stomped the week before, they generally come back with a little more initiative. And and like I said, you're playing through the end of the season. They already had their playoff seating in, in hand. They weren't going to win the division. Uh, you'd like to have seen a better showing, but they saved that showing for last night and uh, maybe sending Tom Brady uh, home. A home for the for the holidays. It was a lot of fun, man. It was a good win. It was a great, great top to bottom. I thought Dallas was better than Tampa Bay, but you never can bet against Brady in the playoffs. I don't care no. how old he is. But next week against San Francisco, buddy, it's going to get real. If there's something that can maybe throw a rookie quarterback who has been on fire off kilter, it's a defense that is as good as the Cowboys defense. That is pressuring the quarterback. And even though they looks like they lost another guy to injury last night in that secondary, a secondary that has been great at turning over the opposition all year long too. Uh, but we're not going to talk any more about that, Justin, because we have some. Uh, we'll send that. Fun. We'll save that for the Cowboys podcast that we do later. That's right. <laughs> when we, we, when big... we remind Chad that he's you can't root for both teams at the same time. Well, yeah, some some people act like children with their favorite teams, I guess. But uh, as far as uh, the forty acres goes in this Longhorn football program. Big upcoming weekend. We do have the first junior day of the year 2023, the class 2024, of course. And yep. it's uh, shaping up to be a nice gathering for the Longhorns as they try to entice some more guys to join next year's recruiting class. And they uh, actually have uh, one of the top build guys who has already given his commitment to Steve Sarkeesian and company with uh, Trey Owens really headlining this group of, uh, of juniors, seniors-to-be coming in this weekend. 
Yeah, when, when, when you look at, say, like the offensive side of it, Trey Owens is going to be there. He committed a uh, week ago, 2024, out of Cypher. He's the quarterback for this class. That's that. It's going to be kind of a one and done. That's the guy they gonna, they want. The, the obviously the bridge from from a post arch to probably a, a higher, more elite guy in twenty twenty five. But don't get it twisted. Trey can spin the ball. He has a whip. He's got the size six four six five. He's got the tools. And his style really fits what Sark and these guys like to do vertically. So it's good to get Owens on campus. I think that's a big thing. Even bigger is the nation's number one running back coming on campus. Now, last cycle, it was 2023, Cedric Baxter was the big name. That was the guy that Tashar Choice, the new running back coach at the time, that's who he wanted. It wasn't the state's top tailback in Reuben Owens. He had his eyes on Mr. Baxter from, from, from uh, Edgewater down in Florida, and, and that's who he got. So he's going big game fishing again for another Florida kid. He's down in, uh, at IMG Academy at, at, in Bradenton, Florida. Jared Gibson told uh, Inside Texas a couple days ago he's coming in. He's excited. There's some there's some real confidence on the Texas side regarding that recruitment. Then again, if I just went back to back classes signing, you know, incredible tailbacks, I'd probably have confidence too. But they love where they're at with Jared Gibson right now, and so that's a guy to pay attention to. If he's the best running back, Micah Hudson's the best receiver. We, you know, we reported that last week that that Mr. Hudson from Lake Belton's going to be on campus. I had the pleasure to go watch him play basketball uh, a few nights ago um, against Colleen Ch- uh, Chaparral, which is a new school. Apparently, they're popping up everywhere. Hmm. But Hudson, the thing I didn't, you know, I, I've seen Hudson play football, and it's stupendous. He's wonderful, incredible ball skills, fast, quick. Da, da, da. He's got it all. He's about six foot. The dunks he did showed an explosiveness off the floor I was not expecting. Hmm. Yeah, he could throw it down. That was nice. Then he did a windmill. Then he did a reverse between his legs. And then I'm thinking, this guy is different. Like, we knew he's a good athlete. I just wasn't expecting that type of athlete. And he's also really strong. He's, a, he's, 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 he's already sort of filled out. He's very strong. He's got strong hands, strong, strong shoulders. The guy just, I think he had 13, 12, 13 rebounds on the night. And so getting Micah Hudson, number one receiver on the on the big board. Jeff Banks and Steve Sarkeesian just came through school on Friday to see him, to check in with him. If you're a Texas fan, you may be a little worried. You don't have a wide receiver coach right now. How do you keep recruiting him? Well, believe it or not, Texas had actually gotten closer to Micah outside of wide receiver. Uh, Brennan Marion, it, you know, he liked Coach Marion, but I don't necessarily think they clicked very well. Mm. But he has clicked with Sark. He has clicked with with one of the recruiting directors, uh, Brandon Harris, and he, and he likes Coach Banks. He likes those. He likes what's going on, and he knows he's familiar with a lot of the players that are on campus. And so you got the number one tailback in Jared Gibson. You got the number two receiver in in, in um, a guy like in a guy like Micah Hudson. But then you got some other guys. You know, uh, you know. Get, Ja'Kyle Baker is a guy everyone should know. Brownsboro wide receiver. I think he's a three-star right now. That will change as spring and summer go along. This kid is fantastic on the floor. He's that vertical guy that you need on the outside. He can he can get down the floor. He can get down the field. Good speed. Great body control. Great hands. He's going to be on campus as well. He's a guy that, that Texas identified early, and I felt like they, they got in on that recruitment pretty well. Then we got some offensive linemen showing up, Trey. And, and you know how Kyle Flood does it. He goes big. 
That's all he knows how to do. He wants large humans. We've established that. Number one, I think, top to bottom, especially at the center position, is, is Daniel Cruz out of Richland Hills. This is a kid that they just they love his tenacity. They love his athleticism. They love how smart he is. When, you know, he's at the top of that board, not just for center, but this is a guy that, that Flood loves, that, that he wants on campus. And they did a great job with an early eval there, an early offer. It, it really paid off. And then you got a couple guys that are a little under the, you know, you got a couple guys like a Kerry Lee out of Marrero, a Brandon Baker out of, out of uh, modern day, who is actually potentially really good. I think that guy's kind of under the radar. But then you also have one of the top offensive linemen in the state and Michael Uni down the road in Coppers Cove, the 6'7", about 285, 290. I've seen him a couple times this year. He is a big drink of water, man. This kid is – he is what <laughs> – He's what your your prototypical offensive tackle in college wants to look like. He's that type of guy, big guy. If you needed someone to slide in behind Kelvin Banks in the next couple of years, Michael Uni might be that guy that fits that role. And so when you look on the offensive side of the ball, just you know some really, really top-notch talent that's going to be headed to Austin on Saturday. And that's the way these guys want it. The staff goes big on these on these junior days because it it always usually bears fruit. I remember last year when they brought in a ton of guys, it really made an impression on guys like an Anthony Hill and, and, and things of that sort. And so at the end of the day, the offense is, uh, it, it is damn good. Uh, it, we're, we're continuing to update. Keep looking at InsideTexas.com because we, we, um, we're getting new names every day. But from the offensive side, man, it looks tasty, Trey. How about defensively? Who are some of the standouts on that side of the ball, Justin? Defense, there's still there's still some of that, you know. There's some there's some emphasis there. Who I really like is Alex January. He's a defensive lineman out of Duncanville. He's 16 years old. He's 2024. 20, He's been starting since he was a sophomore in the at defensive tackle for for Duncanville. That's hard to do in and of itself, especially at 15 when he did it last year. He's about six four and a half, probably about 300 305 pounds. This is a guy that that looks tremendous. You know, he has some nice offers, Georgia, LSU, uh, a couple other in the mix. Texas jumped in a couple about a month ago. And his father, Michael January, is actually a, was a football player for for, for, uh, for Texas in the late 80s, early 90s. And so there's a legacy there. There's some familiarity there. I think Texas feels a lot of confidence with this guy. And January is one of those kids that he's a three-star now. He will definitely be a four-star by the time he signs with the team. He, he may not be your, you know, five-star, top number one ranked defensive lineman, but he is your prototypical three-tech. And you've got to have these guys. you got to stockpile these guys on your defensive line for that front. And, and he's that guy that you can plug in the middle and not miss a beat. January is also a great athlete. He's actually quitting baseball this year for the first time. He used to play baseball. Kind of had a Frank Thomas look to him, man. Just a big kid playing first, playing third. Uh, he had a great bat. Uh, but he decided to focus on football. And that Texas offer, I think, made a big, big difference to him uh, at the end of the day. A lot of out-of-state guys coming in as well, guys that we're not as familiar with. Newer offers here recently, a Jeffrey Rush, a, a Terrence Hibbler, a DeAndre Robinson. But one guy with a lot of familiarity, and that's Edge Zena Umazulu. That's Nato's little brother, the, mm. uh, the freshman offensive lineman at Texas. His little brother at Allen. 6'4", almost 6'5". He keeps growing. <laughs> He's probably about 220, 225. 
outstanding edge, one of the top ones in the country, and they've got their hands full with him. Just because his brother plays at Texas doesn't mean he's going to. LSU's coming at him. Georgia's coming at him. Oklahoma loves him. The, uh, you know, Texas A&M is in the mix. There's a lot of schools that are that are that are that are fishing for this kid. I like that they're going to get him back on campus. I, I think if you followed his brother's recruitment for the first year and a half, no one would have guessed NATO was going to Texas. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen. But Coach Flood, Coach Sark, those guys wore him down. They finally convinced him that 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 Texas was the spot. And now we're hearing that NATO's going to get some some reps uh, this spring. You know, they got a couple injuries to the offensive line, guys that are going to miss spring ball. So NATO's going to get some get an opportunity. You hope that that Zena sees that. Zena came to a lot of games last year. It's it, it's always convenient when your brother's getting tickets for you. And so you get to you get a different kind of recruiting uh, view viewpoint when you're sitting with the, the parents and the family. But but Zena is another guy that I, that I really like that's going to be on campus as well. Uh, Dylan Williams, linebacker, incredible linebacker out of Long Beach Poly. He's a sideline to sideline top cat. He's got a ton of offers. He's going to one that, that, that they're going to have to battle with. But he's from Cali. Sark loves going out west. We, we've learned that they're going to take a few California kids every cycle, whether it be Spencer Shannon, whether it be DeAndre Moore. They're going to keep fishing in California. That's just kind of how they do it. And, and that's a big one. Peyton Pierce. I really like this one because he's your prototypical inside linebacker. When back in the 80s, when when those old school coaches would draw up what an inside linebacker looked like, they drew a Peyton Pierce. Hmm. That This dude just brings hat, shoots gaps, doesn't get caught in the wash. He's, he's also an incredibly talented wrestler. And you always love guys that are not just multi-sport, you know, may play basketball, run some track and field. If they're wrestling, you got a dude. That means he knows how to use his hands. Pierce just came off of a visit to Notre Dame. He loved it. He thought South Bend was beautiful. He kind of got a feel for, for what Marcus Freeman and those guys are doing. Now he's going to come back to Austin. He's been to Texas a handful of times since, since the fall. This recruitment, it felt like Arkansas was kind of out, out in the lead early, or, or maybe Oklahoma was kind of, you know, had a bigger lead. I think Texas is in this a lot more than people think right now. Uh, for, he has some familiarity there, too, with, with the Horns. His strength coach at Lucas Lovejoy is Yancey McKnight. Mm. So there's there's a little bit of tinge in Texas in a, lo a lot of these recruitments in some form or fashion. I'm a big fan of Peyton Pierce. I think that dude's just outstanding. Braden Conley out of Humboldt, Atascacita. Dude may not have, you know, the most top-end speed, but that kid's going to grow into a quality cornerback. He, he, he's got a lot of talent, and he brings a lot to the table. Corey and Gibson, number one safety from Lancaster. This is a kid that's got Alabama, LSU, Notre Dame, Georgia knocking on the door. Uh, he's one that I think could possibly play some corner, uh, you know, corner, nickel, or safety. He's got that type of versatility, and you'll see him in the spring. I'll see him in the spring when he's running track because that's what Lancaster does. They do well. They got a, a great track and field team. And Corey and Gibson's one of the reasons he's on that as well. Top to bottom, defensive side, you, you've got some really good guys. You got some talent on the D line. You got some talent coming from out of state. And you got some guys that are, you know, high level guys in state. One brothers is playing here, Peyton Pierce with the familiarity. You've got some good, good looking kids coming for junior day. Two weeks ago, this list looked pretty good, but we told you, hey, it will grow. It will look better each day. And like I said, keep checking at InsideTexas.com because we're 
Jerry Hamilton and I are updating that thing on a regular basis. He's going to be in tomorrow, and we those guys are going to be in. And then uh, we'll Inside Texas will be there Saturday morning, uh, bright and early, ready to roll. Great stuff as always, Justin. Thank you. 10-4. You've been watching and listening to the Recruiting Breakdown, brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional, Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas ex. More than 20 years in the business doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today to give him the opportunity to earn your business. For Justin Wells, I am Trey Elling. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you did enjoy the episode, do click that thumbs up button. And as always, do subscribe to the On Texas Football YouTube channel. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. In the meantime, hook them. How about them Cowboys? <laughs>